Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Infinite Capacity Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Morton of Think to Thrive Coaching, where I specialize in helping moms in midlife reach your full potential in health and fitness, relationships, and career goals. I empower you to overcome the mental roadblocks and obstacles that can sometimes get in the way of achieving amazing things. I'll be showing up here on the regular to inspire you and teach you about harnessing your own infinite capacity to achieve the dreams and plans that you're passionate about. Whether I'm sharing powerful stories or interviews, teaching you useful skills and tools, or pushing you to dig deep and ask yourself hard questions that will help you grow, the goal of this podcast is to help you discover your own infinite capacity for creation and productivity, and to support you along your journey towards success and self-fulfillment. Now, let's get started with this week's Infinite Capacity Podcast. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. I am wishing you so many good things right now. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whether you are driving in your car or you are taking a walk or doing the dishes or just relaxing and enjoying the start of a brand new year, I am just wishing you all the best. And I hope that you are looking forward with confidence and enthusiasm and excitement and hope because those are all important and great things that we can bring to the table, especially when we're starting something new. New Year's are like presents, don't you think? And as we unwrap them, we don't always know what they're going to hold. 2020 sure gave us all a great example of how you can start a year without any idea at all of what it might have in store for you. Many people have a habit of making decisions or promises to themselves at the end of one year or the beginning of a new one to try to improve themselves or accomplish something that has been just weighing on them that they really want to get done, something important to them, or maybe to build a better relationship with themselves or with someone else or heal something that needs to be healed. And these kinds of decisions or promises are sometimes called New Year's resolutions. If you're one of those people who likes to work on inner growth or self-renewal in a brand new year, Maybe you've already thought of some great resolutions that you're excited or hopeful about. Um, you know, we're in the middle of the first week of January. Maybe, uh, maybe you've already given this some, uh, some deep contemplation. Or maybe, let's be real, 2020 could have been such a shock to your system that you decided to go easy on decisions and promises for 2021. But either way, I have a suggestion for something that you could add to your list of resolutions for your new year. I would like to ask you to consider working on becoming the role model for yourself that you would most like to see out there somewhere in the world. This resolution applies to absolutely everyone who might be listening to my podcast today. Everyone of all ages, no matter how you identify in terms of gender or race or socioeconomic status. But if you happen to be a woman in midlife, I hope your ears are perking up because I especially want you 
to adopt this resolution and hold it very close in your heart. So if you're a woman in midlife, you might be listening a little harder now since I've just called you out and you might be trying to remember what I just said. So let me tell you again what I'd like you to do. I would like you to work on becoming the role model that you most wish you had in the world to look up to. Now, you might already have an amazing role model, and you might also wonder why I'm singling out women of a certain age, or shall we say, women above a certain age, for this special resolution. After all, it's a really great resolution for all people of all ages. However, I do have a very specific and clear reason. Women, especially mothers of a certain age, let's say between 35 and 55, they're the clients that tell me most consistently that they think it might be too late for them. They worry, sometimes intensely, that life has somehow passed them by for a variety of reasons, including perhaps while they were raising kiddos or out working trying to make ends meet for their family for over the last few years. And now that they've had a chance to maybe get their kids into school and maybe get a little bit more flexibility in their schedule, carve back some time for themselves to plan or to dream, rather than feeling exhilarated, they feel anxious Sometimes they even feel depressed, thinking that it's become too late for them to really do anything important or be the person that they always dreamt that they would be. So these are the women that ask me as their coach, sometimes with tears and despair, other times with a stiff upper lip. They say, Andrea, is it too late for me? Now, I want you to think about these words, what that question is actually asking. A grown woman, usually a woman with education, with children, with a long-term relationship, with a home, with life experience, she's looking at me, her coach, and she's asking me to assure her that at her tender age of, say, 50, that life has not passed her by. It really makes a person wonder what on earth could have happened to a woman who at the age of 20 or 30 believed in her infinite capacity to do anything, who has now reached the age of, say, 50, and she's woken up and wondered, are my best days behind me? Now, of course, as someone who really studies the brain, I have all kinds of questions like, what are the changes in a woman's brain chemistry and hormones that are changing over those years that are shaping her lens or her perspective on the world around her? And we're going to have a whole podcast about that pretty soon. But today I want to focus on a different thing. It's equally important. And that is, what are the messages that society is sending to a woman in her 50s? or her 40s that are different than what they were in her 20s? Or perhaps even more crucially, what are the messages that she's hearing from her own family, from her friends, from her close colleagues? And how are those messages different now than they were 20 or 30 years ago? Ask yourself the question before we continue with the podcast. What do you think about that? Do you think the messages you're hearing now 
from your mentors, your friends, your family are different in your 40s or 50s than they were when you were, say, in your early 20s? In what way is the world that this kind of woman is living and breathing in affecting her perception of her self-worth, her capacity, her drive? I really, really want to know the answers to these questions. After all, I am 45 years old myself, so I would love to know why so many women around my age are deeply impacted by this topic. And I decided to do a little digging. What I discovered may not be rocket science, but it still might blow your mind when you really stop to think about it. So I'm going to be giving you a little tiny bit of a history lesson and a little teeny bit of a science lesson. Not much, but I really want you to try to wrap your brain around the whole picture. So first, let's talk about a topic that people do not talk about very much outside of their doctor's office or possibly out on a girl's night with friends, except to give condolences or vent about it together, or maybe make a few off-color jokes. Let's talk about menopause. What's menopause? Well, menopause is a natural hormonal process that will take place in the body of any woman who lives long enough, as long as she has been menstruating, also known as having a period, normally throughout her life. It simply signifies the point at which it has been 12 full months since a woman experienced a menstrual period. And for anyone out there who thinks a woman's sole purpose in the world is her biological function, this is a big deal because it's the time at which a woman loses her ability to create and bring new children into the world. Now, I know you probably have read somewhere about a grandma who helped carry her own grandchildren into the world when her daughter couldn't, and it is true that the Guinness Book of World's Records celebrates a few rare women who have managed to have babies with the help of artificial means well into their 70s. But in general, menopause happens for the average woman around the age of 50. So that's kind of a big deal because it really changes a woman's role if she's been a mother. Women today in the year 2021, well, we can take a lot of things for granted. We are in kind of a cool situation, ladies, when we hit menopause. Because in our case, most of the time, we have gained at least a little bit of personal or economic power by this time of life. And we've definitely gained a lot of knowledge and experience that we can now leverage. So the 50s for us can be this awesome, creative time of newness and redefinition, and it can be so powerful and so exciting. But I have to wrap your brain around something you might not know about, which is, did you know that until just about 100 years ago, this whole exciting new time of life didn't really exist for most women. And I just don't, I don't mean that they just didn't have an opportunity because they were so busy working or something. I mean, literally, it didn't exist. Well into the start of the 20th century, the average age of death for a woman in the United States was, drumroll please, 49. What? Yep, no lie, 49. So, 
women barely even hit menopause. They rarely hit it in their early 50s because they typically passed away a full two years before the average female body stops having a period. Okay, is your head mind just exploding right now? Let's think about this a bit further. They just didn't live long enough to have the new phase of life. (laughs) If you were a 50-year-old woman today, you were probably born somewhere around 1970, which means that your mom might have been born sometime during the 1940s or 1950s. And maybe your grandma was born somewhere in the 1920s or so. So these, all these women that we're talking about who died, you know, around the age of 49, on average in their late 40s, well, actually, we're talking about your grandma's generation or at the very most, your great grandma. So your grandma's generation pretty much grew up expecting to die young, and they weren't really focused on reinventing themselves and charting a new course in life after age 50, it wasn't actually a thing. Because death at 49 wasn't rare. It wasn't like, oh, what a tragedy. She passed away so young. It was rare. It was like a cancer. No, death around this age was totally expected. It was normal. And in a lot of cases, it had to do with either infections or problems that were related to late pregnancies or childbirth. And that is the second history lesson, a whole other can of worms that we're just going to crack open just a tiny little bit because it is a little controversial, but we're just going to note that a woman's access to contraception was not legal in the United States, even for married women, until the mid-1960s. And for unmarried women, it was not legal until 1972 with the case of Eisenstadt versus Baird. So that's crazy. (laughs) But if you're 50 today, your mom was basically in the first generation of women who could actually make a decision for themselves about whether or not they wanted to get pregnant and have kids. All the women in history before that, like your grandma, your great grandma, all of them, they didn't have much say. A woman who was in her 40s or 50s before the 1970s, she might already have like 10 or 12 kids. And those kids might range in age from zero into their 20s. And let's just be honest about it. Making kids and raising kids and keeping them alive and healthy was basically a woman's full-time job for like 20 or 30 years of her life until she died. Unless, of course, she chose never to marry or have children, in which case she was often called a spinster, and she was given only certain types of career options. But your mom's generation did have more choices. So chances are that your mom, if you're a woman in midlife now, chances are that your mom wanted to be sure that you had the most choices of all. So she might have raised you, like I was raised by my mom, to be part of the very first generation of American superwomen who were brought up during the 1980s and the 1990s. We were brought up to believe that we could have it all. We could have a career and we could have a family when we wanted to because we could control our own bodies and the law was now on our side. So our moms told us we could do it all And most of us actually really believe this. 
Except here's the thing. A lot of women in our generation worked really hard to get the education and the opportunities. And then they discovered the hard way that even though we could do it all, we couldn't do it all well and all at the same time. You see, choices still had to be made. There were only 24 hours in a day. Sacrifices had to be made. And that's why a lot of women in my generation put off having kids until their careers were better established. And then they discovered to their regret that it could be a lot harder to get pregnant than they had imagined. And then there was a whole rush of in vitro fertilization. I personally have so many friends that have turned to IVF or surrogacy or adoption to have families of their own. And they had to make a lot of sacrifices to do that. And they're now telling their daughters, or they will tell their daughters, freeze your eggs so that their daughters will have more options than we did, so that more things will be possible for the women in the future than they were for us. And I got to tell you, some of those women are the women that are looking at me and saying, is it too late for me? Is it too late for my dream? And these are women that were dreaming of a family while they were busy building their careers. And then there are the opposite side of the coin women on the totally different part of the spectrum who did give up their careers, quote, just for a little while to stay home and have kids and then raise them for a while. And I have a lot of these friends too. And I was one of them for a while. I stayed home with my kids without working for five years when they were little. And these women, like me, they put their own professional dreams and aspirations on hold, sometimes for many years, to put their family first. Or maybe they worked part-time so they could help make ends meet while they still cared full-time for their family. And they wouldn't change that for a second, at least not most of them. But now these women are waking up and saying, oh my gosh, wow, my kid is 15, 18, he's leaving for college and I never really built a full-fledged career. What's left for me? And they ask me that question. Is it too late? Is it too late for me? And some of them don't even want to do the work that they originally trained for, but they don't feel like they have another decade to devote to getting a whole new set of college degrees, being surrounded by 20-year-olds. And these women are all looking around trying to figure things out. So all of the women I've mentioned to you in midlife on both sides of the spectrum, they are looking for guidance. They are looking for mentors. They are seeking advice and a path forward. They are looking for role models. And now we got to make this conversation more personal, more direct. So let's stop talking about them. And let's start talking about you. If you are a woman aged 35 to 55 today and you're looking into your future and you're wondering what it holds for you, you may be actively looking around for role models to inspire you and to help you gain that confidence that you can move forward, that you do have what it takes. You may be looking around to see what other women who are 10 or 20 years ahead of you have already done and what they're doing now. But the point that I want to make is that you are looking toward a whole generation of women who were not raised to reinvent themselves in midlife. 
You are looking toward a generation of women, all of our mothers, who were raised by their mothers in the 40s and 50s, before birth control was a thing, when women working outside of the home was still pretty novel, and their moms didn't raise them to think about reinventing themselves one day. So all those women who are our mothers, I gotta be honest, they're still figuring it out right now, just like you and me. Now, some of women in their 70s or 80s, they did figure it out. So let's take Margaret Riggenberg, for example. She was an American aviator and a commercial pilot who logged more than 40,000 hours in the air. She flew around the world when she was 72 years old. Can you believe that? But Margaret didn't start flying when she was 50. She didn't take her first flying lesson when she was 45. She had actually been doing it since World War II when she became a ferry pilot with the Women Air Force Service Pilots when she was only 19. So it's not like Margaret had to reinvent herself at the age of 50. She just kept doing what she'd been doing for her entire adult life. Still pretty inspiring, though. Or you could look at Barbara Hillary. Gosh, this woman is incredible. A cancer survivor who at the age of 75 became the first black woman and one of the oldest people ever to reach the North Pole. And as if that weren't cool enough, when she was 79, she reached the South Pole. Barbara had been a nurse for 55 years after she earned her bachelor's and her master's degrees in gerontology. And she did survive cancer twice, once in her 20s, once in her 60s. She was always breaking boundaries and a truly remarkable woman. These women are exceptional, and they did us such a service by getting out there to break through boundaries that we might not have even known existed if they hadn't broken them for us. In fact, their stories are so inspiring that books are now being written for little girls today to teach them about women just like this, to teach little girls today what is possible for a woman. My 11-year-old daughter has a few of these books, like Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls, which was put together fairly recently by Elena Favilli and Francesca Cavallo. The books feature women who did things for the very first time or women who were told by society that they couldn't do things, but then they bravely went ahead and did them anyway. These female authors are doing their very best to challenge the narrative that society has about what women are capable of so that new generations of girls and women will grow up from this point forward with role models of women who came before them to pioneer brand new fields, to have new adventures, to do new amazing things. And I love this, and you should love this too, because they are currently establishing a new normal, and they are doing it for all of us and for all of our daughters and granddaughters. The point, though, is that these women are considered exceptional enough right now to be put into a special book because it's not normal yet. It's not normalized for a woman entering the second phase of her adult life to do amazing and inspiring and exceptional things. This is not the normal thing that most women are seeing in their own lives with their own moms, their own grandmas, their own great-grandmas, their aunts and their neighbors. All of their family members and friends and neighbors are wonderful people, deeply amazing people, but it is not normalized for women to reinvent themselves. And so it is still exceptional enough to be writing books about it. 
Let's let's be honest. Nobody would think about writing these books. A book called something like I don't know, "Good Night, Boy Attorney," <laughs> about fifty Caucasian middle class men who grew up to go to average colleges and become tax attorneys. That might actually be a very good and interesting book to read, and many people might love it. But the reason why this kind of life path is not newsworthy is because it's not rare for a little boy to grow up to become a tax attorney. If you are a woman in midlife, look around your own real life. Who are the women that you know, real women, who you interact with on a daily basis, not celebrities or outliers, but real people that you know who have reinvented themselves in their late 30s or their 40s, 50s, 60s, or beyond? I'm giving you homework, listeners. Your homework is to collect stories of women in your real life who did change their course in their 40s or 50s or beyond to discover what role their success or failure and their story is playing into your current internal narrative about what is possible for a woman. These are the stories I want you to focus on. These are the stories I want you to tell yourself. You must find your role models. And if those role models don't exist, my hard truth for you today is that you must be your own role model. It's your role in history to be the role model that you would most like to see in the world. If you discover after you've looked hard that you don't know any women who have successfully changed paths in the way that you want to change your path, then you will know that the challenge is on you to become the first so that you can not only thrive in your own life, but so that you can be the example that our daughters and granddaughters can look to when they want to determine for themselves what is possible for a woman. A woman who's entering the workforce today in 2021, maybe she's your daughter or maybe she's mine in a few years. Well, she will be part of only the fourth generation of women in the United States who has even had the right to work in a career field. But my daughter and your daughter, let's make sure that they never wonder if it's too late for them. Because ladies, and here's where I get emotional, we must show our daughters the way. So that is my New Year's resolution for you in 2021. If you are a woman in midlife, or even if you're not, I want you to become the role model that you most wish you had in the world to look up to. And that's what I have for you today. Please feel free to reach out to me by email or over Instagram or the Facebook Think to Thrive coaching page to let me know what you think about role models or maybe to tell us about a role model that you have in your life that you think would inspire everyone, all of our listeners. We will be back in two weeks, as usual, with an awesome new interview. I really believe it's going to touch your heart. If you like today's podcast, please pass it along to anybody that you think needs to hear it. The best way for the Infinite Capacity Podcast to help people is to spread it widely. And we've already had about 600 downloads this year, and it's just the beginning. Cheers, everybody, to a great, healthy, happy 2021. Looking forward to hearing from you soon.